0: Thank you. Analysts joining us on our fireside chat today. We're going to be talking about uh, keeping our drives moving through these uncertain times. We're all dealing with a new reality. So with us, we have Adriana Steele, Sunbit's Senior Director of Field Operations, a former service director herself. And where are you right now, Adriana?
1: So I'm currently at a dealership. Um, I activated a new location. So I'm in BMW of Beverly Hills.
0: All right, very good. And then we got Dave Woodland, uh, service director over at uh, Toyota San Bernardino. Dave, how you doing?
2: Good afternoon, everybody. Excellent.
0: And then uh, Ruben Cerna, service director from Rock Honda. Ruben, how's it going?
3: Good, how are you guys doing? Thanks for letting me uh, join this meeting. And yeah, I'm excited about being here. Good Excellent. afternoon. Um,
0: so let's actually get right into it, you know, and, and, and thanks for sharing you guys' uh, background and Sunbit story a little bit. So you know, a lot of our states have been dealing with, you know, stay at home ordinances that have been implemented. And a lot of our service center partners are seeing a decline in traffic, a decline in appointments. And especially now that uh, car sales, you know, haven't been able to stay open as much as the service drives, there's a lot more pressure from the dealership on you guys more than ever before. So I want to have an open conversation around how you guys have adapted your business to this new reality. So first, I want to talk about the people you know, anyone in essential services right now is experiencing these new times in a much different way. And much like your advisors, our own partner success managers are also out there in the field with our account managers. Adriana's out there traveling. So Dave, I kind of want to start with you. How are you managing your teams through this new reality? How are you maintaining employee morale?
2: You know, my my job and the way I've always seen it is I have to take care. They're they're my family. I mean, they're a second family. So whatever... They go through i go through and we're in this together so um 100 i wanted to make sure that i took care of them so i've done everything i can i've worked six days a week Ruben sees me at home i'm downloading this i'm doing um, uh, searches on vins we're looking for recalls because recalls is easy moving right now so if you're going to stay alive and we're fortunate unfortunate but so has a bunch of recall a couple of million out there at least right now so we're uh, executing on those as well as we can to keep my team healthy, keep their families healthy. And uh, compared to some other stores, I think we we were fortunate that we only had to lay off six, eight people, I think was total um, through this whole ordeal, which is, you know, 15%, 10, 15% of my my, my staff. So we were very fortunate in that to, uh, you know, get take care of them. And I had advisors come up to me and say, the only reason we're this busy is because of you. And what you're doing, any extra work. And that's great when someone can tell me that, and I keep these guys healthy. So that was, you know, keeping my family out of harm's way is what my goal was. And I think we did pretty well for it.
0: That's good to hear. Uh, Ruben, how about you and your team?
3: Um, you know, I think that uh, now more than ever, we've, we've experienced low morale than, than ever. Uh, And, you know, and, and low morale is a pandemic all in itself. Uh, you know, people stop caring. Uh, they make more mistakes on the job. Um, they're not thinking clearly, you know, they're anxious, or, or experiencing some type of pain. It almost sounds touchy-feely, but you really have to communicate to your people.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And, and, and Adriana, you're managing our own team that's still out there traveling, and daily they're visiting as many dealerships as they can. How's it been with you managing their morale?
1: So, you know, it was it was tough for us going into the dealerships and seeing that, you know, some advisors weren't there because, you know, they're either working opposite shifts or, you know, unfortunately they got furloughed. But um, I think that understanding how we can help and support, you know, service advisors, service directors, service managers, really lifted up the spirits in our team. And they understand that we have so much value that we're bringing and we're there to assist, to support them. And I think that kept them motivated. And also for the service advisors, hearing comments from them saying, hey guys, I can't believe you guys are here. You know, we appreciate it. Um, we were respectful to all of the guidelines, you know, making sure that we had the mask, if you no know, visit, uh, if we couldn't do a visit, that was fine. We would follow up with an, with an email. But I think um, it, the team that we have has just been fantastic in regards to staying positive and just feeding off of you know, the support that we can provide for all of the service advisors and dealerships out there.
0: That's great. Thank you, Adriana. Um, you mentioned something about masks, so I think that's a good segue. I'm, I'm curious to learn more about how you guys are keeping your service drives sanitized and welcoming to both employees and guests. So, Dave, are you, are you guys doing over anything over at Toyota San Bernardino?
2: Oh, definitely. We we um, looked at several products, and we actually got a product that was at, at the hospital. They actually cleaned a lot of the surgical equipment, uh, the, you know, rooms, everything with, and we grasp onto that chemical. Uh, we clean every car coming in from the door, the exterior door, all the way through the interior door, steering wheel, dash area, and down into the uh, shifter, emergency brake, center console areas. And just, you know, just to try to protect um, uh, our, our guests and protect ourselves, too. Um, you know, we, it's, you know, it, it's such a tough situation to put us all out there, and, it, you know, People have families and hoping that someone doesn't really get sick or ill. So everybody really is uh, doing a great job of making sure that's, that's you know, top of, you know, number one priority. And then, you know, we're hitting the, the waiting areas and also the advisor areas uh, hourly too the bleach and uh, just making sure they're clean, spraying, spraying some of that same chemical on the chairs. And uh, we've actually bleached one lady's clothes by accident. She sat on a wet chair. So I think we're guilty. You know, we, we, things happen, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's uh, something you deal with. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. It's good. It's good. The uh, customers see it. They see that we're doing the extra, and, I, and they really appreciate it. And they, you know, we were talking this morning in our managers' meeting, and salespeople just said, say that it feels like there's not even anything going on here because we keep it so clean, and you know, everybody's working, everybody's doing everything. So, it, they feel safe in in, the, in our environment, so.
0: Um, and then, David Ruben, were either of you talking about either something you guys do special for first responders or medical staff in terms of cleaning their vehicles or anything like that?
2: When this first started, the first thing you know we thought about, or, and, and we got together was, you know, who can we help out there? Who needs the most help? And you see all those, uh, you know, the medical people. Um, it's just amazing what they're doing for our community and their sacrifice. You know, the you know, the, the people that have. Lost their lives trying to protect us. is just, you know, something you should never forget. That we should never forget. And so we decided that whatever they wanted, if they wanted their car clean, uh, we were going to go pick up and deliver those cars. We sent out email blasts to uh, our whole community of Toyota customers, and you'd be surprised. We are, you know, we're picking up a, a young lady who had COVID. She was a nurse. We picked up her car. Um, sanitized. It was a Hyundai. Her parents are Toyota owners, but her dad, she was in the hospital. We picked up the car. We disinfected it. This is two or three weeks ago. Um, And we're getting more response from that. We've got nurses that are doing it on a weekly basis now. Um, And we are pick up and delivering those cars as well, too. So we did grocery store workers. We did first responders. Uh, We just feel those people in the community that are putting their lives at risk for all of us. uh, Deserve some type of Thing. And it's no charge. We'll go pick up their car. We don't want to make a nickel. We just want them to remember that we're here for them, and in, in, in the future, hopefully, that'll pay. They'll pay it, pay it forward to us. Yeah.
0: For um, you know, your service drives. What are some of the tactics you guys have been deploying to help drive traffic? You know, actually, Ruben I'd love to start with you and some of the things you guys are doing to help bring that traffic back up during this uh, during this new time.
3: I think initially we, we were. Um, just calling our local businesses in our area to make sure that they know that we're open. Restaurants, um, you know, local hospitals, um, doctor's offices, um, anything within our 10 mile radius. Um, but at the you know, I, I think the most, and I'm sure Dave will also tell you, but I think the most impactful, the most immediate response we've had to drive traffic was, you know, they've got email campaigns, uh, tech, as well as text messages. You know, nowadays everybody, you know, not, does everybody look at their email? I don't know, but everybody looks at their phone at least sounds like 10,000 times a day. Um, you know, and then we have to scale it back because it's so, it, work, it works so well that uh, within 15 minutes of sending out the text message for for recalls or maintenance reminders, uh, people are calling in and it's just an influx of customers that we have to, not, now we know what, you know, how many how many we want to send out at certain times of the day, um, because immediately, it's a, it's a, it's an unbelievable response. By chance, Toyota had
2: released a very large recall just days after we were, you know, put into quarantine, and that was a catalyst that got us through a lot of this. So we, when most shops were not busy, we were extremely busy um, with the recalls. My guys were were so ecstatic, you know, the technicians that they could have that type of work. Any work is better than no work. And that, that got them through. I mean, our last two weeks, my shop ran at 130% um, efficiency. So they, you know, I guys, you know, over 200 hours. And I, like this month, we're tracking almost $200,000 in, in warranty labor sales. You know, our average is half of that at least. And that's because of those recalls and the text message uh, system that, we, that we're using. Those recalls are a lifesaver for us right now. And there's, there's so many out there, you know, it, it, we've got a year's worth probably.
0: Uh, Ruben, I think you were talking about how hyper diligent you are about car count. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing, what tools you're deploying?
3: Yeah, my, the idea, of, you know, when, when it started happening, uh, especially before we laid off people, we we were keeping track of how many were come, how many customers were coming in. And I don't really, you know, when the, you start to take things for granted when things are going well, you know, and you start forgetting about some of the things that, that are essential, um, like car count. Uh, because you get so spoiled um, from doing business um, well mannered, so uh, we started keeping track of uh, last month and this month on our daily count. Um, you know, we always we keep track of gross profit margins, effective labor rate, hours per hour, in dollars per ticket, um, and so we 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 track the tendencies of, of our account each day of the week to make sure that we had enough people during certain days. Um, you know, now it's starting to come back. We feel like it's, you know, it's coming back and things are opening up and and going in the right direction. As a matter of fact, we're bringing twelve people back tomorrow. Wow. So yeah, went up a little bit. So, um, so we're excited about that. Um, So, you know, just the idea that, you know, you got to make sure because when you keep track of the car count, you also got to figure out when do I make a move to bring people back? Um, And I think right now that's the most important uh, because as, you, as your business grows, again, almost feels like you're starting over. Um, you've gotta make sure you have the right people at the right time to be able to offer, um, you know, a, a trouble-free, excellent experience uh, to all our guests, so.
0: Yeah, and then Adriana, with your nationwide travels, um, anything you can share here around helping dealerships maintain their KPIs through this time?
1: Um, a lot of the service advisors, you know, wanna make sure that the customers are happy and whatever they can do to help them. And we had a store, um, actually numerous stores, but this particular store in Texas, um, they were offering payment plans to their customers um, now more because they realized that everybody's budgeting and that, you know, you don't want to have customers to have to make a, a hard decision whether they're going to pay for their groceries or to fix their car or for rent and so forth. So, offering the payment plans early. They were able to, because they did that, they were able to reduce their discount request percentage. They had it at above 9%, and the payment plans actually helped bring it down to now a little bit over 2%. So that store um, was really successful in not only helping customers make it easier for them for pay for unexpected services or maintenance, but um, it also helped them with their KPIs.
0: I really appreciate the time, not just with our panelists, we got Esti on the back end, but all of the attendees and dealerships and groups that have joined us today. A huge thank you to everyone and keep an eye out for the next in our fireside chat webinar series. We're going to be doing these a lot more. And if you're interested in specific topics or you'd like to be a panelist for a future session, email Esti at ESTI.ros at sunbit.com or Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N at sunbit.com. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I kind of want to talk about digital marketing because recently Kia had put together a TV ad for parts and service, which was an interesting example of an OEM stepping in to help drive service traffic. And that's what kind of sparked this conversation topic. And I'm curious between Ruben and David, you know, what are effective marketing tactics you've been using now to generate additional awareness? Uh, Ruben, I'd love to start with you.
3: Yeah, I think that you know I touched on a little bit early on, you know the the email campaigns and the text messages, and, and I got to tell you that I, I know I'm stuck on that, but we're having so much success with it that I and mean, it's not broken, so we're we're using that primarily. Um, you know, we 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 have another company that we use email campaigns with, but I got to tell you, a text message as long as that person likes you, they're gonna text you back right away, you know. So and hopefully customers like the dealership, so. Or they get a text from the dealership saying, that, hey, you're due for a recall, or due for a maintenance reminder, um, or service reminders, and and they're going to basically, you know, call you within a few minutes. Uh, yeah. You know, because they're not busy. So I, I think we're sticking to that, and it's working. So uh, that's all we're doing at this point. Um, all right. So yeah. Be whatever, curious. Don't, what, don't else <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and you know, to ask people who have joined, you know, what are they using and what are they having success with? So we'd like to know that too.
0: Yeah. Dave, how about you guys? Pretty much the same thing text, email, any other marketing?
2: Text, email, you know, we did a, we, we have a, an opportunity to do Facebook. We have not um, ventured down that realm yet, just because the text messaging seems so, you know, so powerful right now. It, it's, you know, why, why we, have, we weren't doing this five years ago, four years ago, I, it, you know, I guess it's technology, but uh, this text message.
0: As state economies open back up what are some of the changes that you guys will experience whether it's staffing back up deploying new hours any of that stuff um dave do you want to handle this first i'd love to hear what your plans are for california opening back up
2: yeah we were fortunate enough last or this week uh, was our first week to go back to regular hours um Great. so we're, we're back to our regular hours um the biggest thing we're looking at is ruben and i you know recently went to a a seminar or a pick stops round table. Uh, we had Jim Press there, who was the president of Toyota, uh, looking at the future of car business. There, there's just so much information and um, the, the future of being frictionless is, is what we have to do. Um, that's the word they use constantly. And frictionless means, you know, can I buy a car online? Can I get my car serviced online, pick up delivery? Uh, all those things. So uh, I'm looking at, we do five pickup and deliveries a day currently, six six on the outside if we really push it. I'm looking to go to eight or 10 if I can, because people want this type. Um, We're looking at making it as easy as possible for our guests. It's like cars can, people can sell cars in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever that time is online. We want to do the same for our guests and keep it frictionless. They don't have to come here, waste their time. They can go exercise, work out, whatever they got to
0: do,
2: something else, but come here.
0: I'm with you. And then uh, Ruben, how about you guys? As things open back up, are are there going to be any changes?
3: You know, I I don't know if there's going to be any changes other than, uh, you know, going back to the regular hours and people talk about going back to normal. I want to go forward to normal, better than normal. Um, Yeah. So I I think this is this time has allowed us to, as as a manager, as a leader, as a supervisor to be able to go in and look at every phase of the service cycle and figure out what are the flaws? Um, hey, when did you start doing this? Well, that's, we started doing this a while back. Well, shame on me for not inspecting it. Um, and really drilling down into every phase and saying, let's make sure that we're following the process that we put in place um, and then making those habits again reevaluating some of the processes and, and, and getting your people involved to hey why did why, why was this changed? and if it was changed was it for the better um, and maybe and that's as, as as managers it's our fault for not having that open line of communication with our people. Uh, but I think getting back to the fundamentals of every single and what the, what are the porters doing? How are they staging the course? Are we doing the walk-arounds properly? Are we presenting the multi point inspection? Are we presenting some of it up front before we give them bad news? hey, by the way, Mr. Smith, part of our commitment here at ROCCON to all our guests, is we perform a free multiple inspection. First part of that inspection starts when I walk around the car. And then after the inspection is done, do you mind if we go over those, repair, those results with you? No, not at all. Okay, great. Because some of those, you know, look. my job is to make sure your car is put back safely on the road. That being said, some of these, some, sometimes safety related items come up and some of those can be costly. Now, before that even happens, I want to let you know, we offer payment options uh, so you do that up front you're not giving them bad news and all they hear is 1500 bucks what was that you said payment options I'm, I'm still thinking about how much money do I have in my bank uh, which is nothing at this point because I don't have a job um, but you want to make sure that you offer that option and I think that's we've done that from the get-go so that's probably why we've done so well um, so once you do that you're not giving them bad news but and that's just one facet, one phase, you know, the, the, the greeting process, the walk around. You know, what are they saying when they're calling customers? How is, it, how, is, how is it? How are vehicles being dispatched to the proper person? How are they being staged? Where are they being parked? Small things, all the fundamental things that are going to come back to fruition when the business gets going, we're going to be that much better because you're, you're taking the time to inspect what you expect. And it sounds cliche, I know, but it works. So, you know, be... I've, I've taken more phone calls in the last month to make appointments. My advisors, they love it when I take an appointment for them and I make it on their name because I've qualified them. I've gone through the history. I've told them, by the way, have you done this? Last time you came in, you needed breaks or it was close to needing breaks. I sell it over the phone. The only difference between a BDC rep and an advisor is that the guest is not in front of them. That's it. So when you, when you make that connection, and that's, that's just one phase. So last month we averaged almost $160 in labor per ticket at a Honda. Store. Uh, when we're all year long, last couple of years we average about $130. So it's it's uh, it's you know you've got to be able to just go back to the fundamentals, making sure your people are following that, so that when it comes back, you'll be that much better. So
0: yeah, uh, you know I'm 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 really curious, especially because you two attended that fixed ops roundtable with all the experience you have in this industry, I'm really curious, what are your predictions for the future of auto parts and services over the next six months, over the next year? And I'd love all three of you to give me something here. Uh, Dave, I'll, I'll start with you. What do, what do you expect?
2: You know, the one thing I took from that fixed ops meeting, and again, this is Jim Press, who used to be the president of Toyota. He says in the next 10 years, our business in the next two to three years, four years, the business isn't going to really change that much. But then 10 years from now, you're not going to recognize it is what his comments were. And the one thing that scared me, or that, that just resonates in my brain, is that 30% of the dealers won't be around in those 10 years, be gone. That's how our business is gonna change. Will cars be sold online? Will you know service centers be opening up across? You know, there, there's, there's many questions, but what he said, and this is even the most scary thing about it, is the dealers that will fail first are gonna be the most successful ones. Those are going to be the ones that don't want to change. Hey, I'm successful. I don't need to change. So change has got to happen in our business. And, you know, like Ruben was talking about, I think one of the worst things we do as as an industry in the service department, fixed ops is training. How do we train our people? How do we have have they read a periodical on sales or on customer service or what, what have you done with your people? Those have to become every day or every, you know, weekly types, you know, situations where you're training on, sales training on customer service um how are we going to reach out to our folks how are we going to not have them come to our store um the store you know you're going to have advisors a couple advisors here the rest of them might be in cars running around picking up cars i mean you got to envision something different because it's going to totally change and i i i'm, I'm on board for whatever that changes and i want to be in the forefront of that change
0: adapt and evolve right uh, reuben yeah. um, what at, about like
2: look, uh, look at sears jc penny macy's i mean look at it
0: it's it's, it's ugly it's we, we don't want to be those to see those brands reuben what, what do you think how are things going to change in the
3: next six months or a year Well, yeah i mean that part of that you know i think that uh, in life change is good sometimes we resist it uh sometimes it's painful and a lot of times people say well you know you learn from your own mistakes well, who says that who says that we have to you know, that's why we, we should read read these success stories go to I think training is the biggest um, secret of all time that we don't we don't use um, you know we we should do it daily um, and you know and i'm a I'm a victim of that sometimes you're a victim of your own success because um, you think you know it all um, and and part of this business and i and I know it's getting better but part of this business a lot of times you know we have Nearby dealerships in our area, and um, I mean, a lot of times we get cross um, customers from other dealerships, and then and they come to us, and something happened in the dealership, and, and you hope that you have a good relationship with that dealership um, so that you can take care of them, or they can take care of you. And I think that there's not enough, not enough dealerships that are that get along well enough to be able to say, "Hey, look, like, I got your back," um, just like we have our employees' backs, mm-hmm. just like we have our customers' backs. I, I think that. I think there should be like a gentleman's agreement saying, hey, look, we're all in the same business. We're all in the car business. We all have families to take care of. We're all trying to do our job to the best of our ability. But to me, uh, I think I'm, exci- I'm excited about where this is going because like I said, it's, it's given us time to, to sit still, self-reflect, uh, Self-love, if you will, self-improve. Today. There was
0: something I did want to ask uh, all three of you real quick, because we got a lot of dealerships and groups on the line right now, uh, different levels, you know, from uh, advisors all the way up to directors and GMs. So I'm curious. and and we'll start with you, Dave, and then Ruben, and then Adriana, but, um, you know, what recommendations do you have for service centers listening right now? So if you're a service director, what should you be thinking about? You know, if you're a GM, what should you be thinking about, or even at the advisor level? So Dave, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And what, what do you want these people to take away?
2: Um, it's all, it's a hundred percent about your team. Your, your, your team is a reflection of you. And make sure that they know your vision your team you gotta have a vision you gotta have a goal for everybody What what is an advisor doing here today what's a technician doing here today um, keep those uh, goals visions out there because if someone's going to work and they don't know why they're there that's just a complete uh, a waste of time so that that foundation has to be set before anything so what is your vision what is your long-term goal this is not about well, it is about today but it's more so about the future so what vision, what future do you want to uh, get there? And it doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. There, if it was that easy, there would be some really rich guy out there that knows how to do this. And it would be like Bezos because it would, it would be that easy, but it's not. So it's a lot of you know, sweat, blood, and tears uh, to get this done. So get yourself a vision, get yourself a plan, make sure your people know what it is.
0: Thank you, Dave. I really like that. Uh, my, my boss always talks about vision too. So that resonated with me personally. Um, you know, Ruben, how, how about you? What do you, what do you recommend for everyone on the line? What should they be thinking about?
3: Well, you know, I, I, I have to also say that the shared vision to make sure that everybody knows where you're going, you know, speed of the boat, speed of the cap, And, um, so, like but, but I think the idea too is, um, I always, I've tried to instill my people that, you know, that, if, you, if, you show, if you're showing up every day and expect to be better than yesterday by doing nothing, just by showing up, it's not going to happen. So I think self-improvement and, and training right now is, is we, have the, we have the time to do it. Um, and I, I can't stress that enough. The more, we've tra- the more I've trained, it always gets bigger better bigger and better results. And that's, that's a training on the right process on the drive, offering some bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, offering a multi-point inspection, um, offering upsells over the phone, um, you know, going through the history, just basic fundamentals. Everybody everybody knows this stuff, but what, you know what happens is we got so busy that we forgot to do those things. Everybody panicked. And so we were just just taking them in and, and trying to get them out. But now we have time to, to be able to say, hey, uh, let me make sure that I present everything, offer all the tools, um, you know, offer myself as far as, you know, people buy from you know, by product, but they also buy from you and, and you've got to be able to offer you the best version of yourself every single day. And the only way you can do that is by getting better. How are you getting better? What tools, what training process do you have? Where are you sending your advisors to? If you're not training yourself, um, then how can you expect them to be trained? So yeah. um, I think self-improvement, self, uh, self-training, self-improvement is what I think everybody should be taking away because we're having a lot of success with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big reader. So um, right now I'm reading the four agreements for the, probably second time. And the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. You know, as managers, we, the first thing we say to people in the morning, if we can either crap on their day first thing in the morning or we can make their day. Um, so I don't know. I guess that's my biggest takeaway. Adriana.
1: I would just say, you know, communication is key, Um, sharing with, taking the time to have a huddle with the technician, taking the time to, you know, have meetings with the service advisors and find out, you know, what they're being faced with on a daily, um, so you can find out how to help them overcome whatever objections they may have. The dealerships have a lot of tools. Um, that they provide for their team, and really teaching them how they can leverage every tool, I think, can be very beneficial. But in order to have that, you need to start with the communication and where it's, you know, two-way. Find out what the advisor needs from you and vice versa. So I think that will go a long way in, in leveraging the tools. They have. Yeah, I
0: really appreciate the time, not just with our panelists. We got Esti on the back end, but all of the attendees and dealerships and groups that have joined us today. A huge thank you to everyone and keep an eye out for the next in our fireside chat webinar series. We're going to be doing these a lot more. And if you're interested in specific topics or you'd like to be a panelist for a future session, email SD at Esti at esti.ross at sunbit.com or adrian, adrian at sunbit.com or just reach out to your partner Fourth